0: and Defense Forces will begin major military exercises aimed at readying this country's defenses against a potential Russian attack. Ukrainian soldiers will be in live, involved in live fire drills, and they will be using the armed drones and anti-tank weapons provided to Ukraine by the United States and other NATO allies. These drills are set to last for 10 days, and it's a potentially provocative move because the Ukrainian military exercises are coming at the exact same time of joint exercises by Russia and Belarus. That's the country right to the north. Those exercises just across the border. Uh, And in those exercises, we have seen uh, Russian uh, anti-aircraft units begin taking positions there. So there you go. Live
2: fire exercises with the Ukrainian tanks and all the super cool drones and everything like that that NATO has given them right across a field from where Russia is doing the same
1: thing. Let me think. Military exercises by Russia next to a country they'd like to invade during the Olympics. This all sounds a little bit familiar. Right. Oh yes. Sochi. The day it ended, they went into Crimea. So if you're following this story,
2: you've probably heard yesterday the whole Francis Macron met with Putin for five hours and it looks like tensions have been lowered. Oh, really? This is the way ABC News reported it.
0: French President Emmanuel Macron taking the lead, arriving in Kiev today to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky one day after his marathon talks with Vladimir Putin. And Macron saying that Putin gave him a personal guarantee. He told me he won't be initiating an escalation. I think that's important, Macron said. The Kremlin denies Putin made any such commitment. (laughs) Well,
1: that kind of takes the fun out of the story. So, Macron's story was that the evil, crocodile-hearted Vladimir Putin made him an empty promise, and the Kremlin said, no, he didn't.
2: (laughs) Immediately.
1: (laughs) Immediately said, no, that never happened. Wow. (laughs) That's a kick in a Macron's right there. Are you kidding
2: me? This is a journalism story, not a geopolitics story, but why did so much of the media hit me with... uh, Good news on the tensions in Ukraine. As Macron has announced that, did you not listen to the, I don't know, whatever, that's a journalism thing, but...
1: Yeah, seems stupid. crappy, crappy journalism. So this is
2: kind of a funny one here. Putin insulted uh, Macron. Listen to this.
1: On Monday, Vladimir Putin was speaking about the Minsk
0: agreements, which were supposed to end the conflict years ago. There's been disagreement between the two countries over their meeting, and he took a disparaging shot at Ukraine's president and maybe even his
1: manhood, saying... Like it or don't like it, it's your duty, my beauty, which seems quite possibly to be a comment loaded with sexual, even misogynistic implications. Ukraine's president today responded, appearing to take the comment in stride. He said Ukraine is
0: a beauty. And that as far as it being his duty to, quote, take it, Ukraine is very patient because that's wisdom.
2: I'm sorry, Zelensky of Ukraine, not Macron, was insulted by Putin and uh That's a really tough, old-school, hard-ass KGB judo champion looking at a younger guy and saying, oh, hey, darling, how's things going? You're going to take it, darling.
1: Yes, he's trying to put up a brave front. You can picture, you know, Tony Soprano saying this or whatever. Yes, sweetheart. Okay. Right, exactly. That's exactly what that was. And
2: then... Uh, so CNN's coverage of it was uh, that it was hurtful language,
1: misogynistic, and it seemed even misogynistic homophobic. Are you kidding me? John Berman, whose voice is a 98 pound weakling with a limp wrist in a, a, a tie from whatever elite university he went to um, with the in an insult that seems sexist, even misogynistic. Oh, Vladimir Putin said something rude. What what universe do you live in, Johnny boy? I don't know.
2: I don't know how uh you think that China or Russia gives a crap about your modern standards. They don't. To comment on them is childish. Or yeah. childlike.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're if not eat.
2: recognizing, yeah, you're not recognizing the seriousness of the situation. No the The takeaway from that is not that Putin says things that are
1: misogynistic. I know. To to dwell on that or focus on that is the point is astounding to me. It's one of my favorite words, and I love it. We need our own English word, effete. It's a French word. It means... Affected, overrefined, ineffectual, no longer capable of action. You are a beret wearing, clove cigarette smoking, blow hard, do nothing. But you got the degree from Brown, you know, and, 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 and you're wearing a $300 belt and the rest of it. But oh my God. My guess would
2: be that Putin has had hookers killed because he got tired of them.
1: For instance. So, calling Zelensky my beauty is kind of low on the list of things you ought to be be flapping your hands about there, Johnny. Yeah.
2: Anyway, how serious are they taking it on the streets of Kiev?
0: Ukrainians are still preparing for war. So these all represent artillery attacks. Yes. Alexei Danilov, the head of Ukraine's National Security Council, (laughs) telling me he is organizing a national resistance. Every Ukrainian who can fight, will fight. From regular soldiers, to veterans, to police officers, to hunters. Yes. All of those people would be mobilized if Russia attacked. The overall number of people who could be mobilized is as high as 2.5 million, he tells me. We need additional weapons and ammunition.
2: So, the Pentagon put out a report over the weekend that 50,000 Ukrainian civilians could die within days of an invasion. And you're hearing there that they're prepared to fight. Every man, woman, and probably some older children. Uh, We we could see some videos and footage that is going to be pretty shocking to the modern conscience, I think.
1: And as you pointed out, it's going to be people and stores and cities and cars that look a lot like the United States. And so, you know, for better or worse, it's going to be a lot easier to appreciate the, the horror of it. I mean, the conflict in Yemen is terrible, for instance, on a humanitarian basis. But there's a, a weird distance. Yep. And I'm not saying I'm proud of it. There just is.
2: Yeah, they don't dress like us and they don't drive vehicles like us and they don't their towns don't look like ours. You're going to see a town that looks like your town with cars that look like your cars and people that look like you laying in the street and puddles of blood, and
1: all kinds of things blown up. You know what it reminds me of is uh, when Yugoslavia crumbled, and the whole Serbian, Croatian, uh, you know, the Montenegrins, and everybody was killing everybody else in the siege of Sarajevo, and the rest of it, uh, just, just crazy ugly. You wouldn't think Putin, especially after the Russian experience in Afghanistan, you wouldn't think he would sign them up for an almost certainly long, bloody, never entirely successful occupation.
2: No, unless he unless he thinks that they won't fight him that way because Ukraine is the heart of Russia. Kiev was the original capital of the thousand-year-old Russian society. Hmm. Um, maybe he thinks that that won't happen. I don't know.
1: Or, as you've suggested, maybe you know he's getting those going-on 150,000, 200,000 troops together to, to be so overwhelming and occupy... I mean, they will do what we did not do in Afghanistan. They will kill anybody who even shows signs of resisting. They will occupy every village permanently and not worry about winning hearts and minds.
2: No, they'll do like they did in Syria, I assume. They got to bomb a school or a hospital? Fine. Yeah, they will shoot hearts and blow up mines. Get out of my way. Yeah. And that's, that's probably why the Pentagon said it could be. It's interesting. I've heard this report I don't know how many times, and I've heard one hour, two hours, a day, two days. You uh, know, what did the what Pentagon if- actually say for how long is it going to take to, to
1: roll in there? One of our listeners pointed out, according to MapQuest, it's like four and a quarter hours to get from Belarus to Kiev. So yeah. how the Russians would take it in an hour is, well, it's difficult to understand.
2: Well, uh, I don't know. They took Kabul awful fast. Maybe uh, the idea that they would just say, hands up, they we give like they did in Kabul. Hmm. Afghanistan. I just, wonder. You don't even need to get into the town, I mean. Yeah. But that's not what that report suggests there. And we have seen what an insurgency can be, even with all our modern planes and soldiers and technology and everything like that. We still had, you know, just random dudes with guns
1: shooting at us in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right, right. Yeah, as anybody would have if they tried to take part of the United States. You know, I can't imagine. Uh, Well, we would act exactly as many Ukrainians are going to act. We'll say, all right, I'll lay down my life. Fine. I never thought I'd have to, but here we go. Yeah. Um oh by the way, speaking of that sort of thing, and I think this has more to do with government than it has to do with Joe Biden or the Biden administration, although there may be a little extra here. But I, I I'm reading more and more about the run up and there are various investigations and Freedom of Information Act stuff coming out and the rest of it. The run up to the uh the evacuation from Afghanistan and the whole Kabul airport and the killing of our folks by an ISIS guy who was recently released by the Taliban, blah, blah, blah. But the Biden administration was holding meeting after meeting after meeting, and we now have the minutes of the meetings, where in the run-up to... Everybody flying willy-nilly out of Kabul, they were having meetings saying, all right, listen, this is urgent now. We've got to come up with a, a way to verify who worked with us and who didn't. We need a committee reporter, all right? We need it by next week. This is very important. And then they would adjourn the meeting. Then they'd have the minutes from the meeting next week, and they'd say the same things, and they wouldn't make any progress. They would just keep having meetings. And they kept saying, we need to figure out how to verify who actually worked with us, and we need a list of alternate countries, all right? All right, we'll work on it. And it just didn't get anywhere. And so if it seemed to you when we were flying tens of thousands of people who were just random out of the Kabul airport, that's because that's exactly what it was. We just never got our plans together. Even though it was absolutely inevitable that we had to have them.
2: Really? Big bureaucracies are very, very inefficient. There's no getting around that. So I got a story about a 28-toed cat that's become an Instagram sensation. The oldest pub in England is closing, which hurts my heart. I don't know if I've been there Wait
1: a a minute. What does it take to reopen it? I'm looking for a change anyway.
2: Turns out it's a boom year for brides and grooms. Lots of people have been waiting out the pandemic, and this is the year you finally do it. There'll be some changes. Uh, All kinds of stuff on the way. I hope you can stick around.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Say mama.
0: Dada.
2: No! <laughs> say mama. <Dada>. Yeah.
0: No! <laughs> you say mama. You're getting everything.
2: Dada.
1: No! <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Kids! L- lovely. Disobedient they, children. They Our listen. topic will take your calls. <laughs> Spare the rod. <laughs> oh my god.
2: The oldest pub in England is closing, and it hurts my heart for some reason. I don't even drink anymore.
1: I'm telling you. I will fly over there. I will reopen it. I will run it. I will call in the show when I have time.
2: i got to believe that with all the publicity it's getting, somebody with deep pockets
1: is going to f- fly in and rescue it. In case, in fact, Jack, now that you mention it, it's probably a ploy. But anyway, tell us about the oldest pub in England. Ye old fighting cocks just... Uh, oh, pardon me. Sorry, folks. Um... Maybe we should talk about these things before they go on the air, Jack. Yeah.
2: In Saint Albans, Albans, which is just north of London, I may have been to this pub. Uh, in fact, I probably have because I did. I did a, quite a bit of research on pubs when I went to England years ago, and I am <laughs> guessing the oldest one is listed, and it's north of London, so
1: yeah. that's where I was bouncing around. Anyway, it's been Saint an opera- Albans. That's one of the colleges in Oxford, isn't it? Could be. So that's that's yeah. I can picture the atmosphere.
2: Just north of London, it's been in business continuously since seven ninety three A. D. That is it's hard to wrap your head around
1: Whoa. the time of our revolution. It was almost a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah. What? the? Yeah. <laughs> now it's
2: closed its doors after a sustained period of extremely challenging trading conditions due to the uh, covid shutdown and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Like Joe said, it might be a ploy to get some somebody to come and rescue it,
1: or the dude who owned it he just ran out of money, which is a shame. And many, many, many dreams have been crushed around the world. True, by the uh, COVID shutdowns, but uh, I'm sure somebody will reopen it. How can you not? I mean, what would St. Albans be without ye old fighting cocks?
2: Um, got a twenty eight toed cat that has become
1: a. <laughs> So you mentioned Twitter sensation. Has I'm not a, a cat.
2: I'm sorry, an Instagram Instagram <laughs> sensation. I'm here live. <laughs> I'm here
0: live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> hundreds and 28
2: hundreds. 28 toes, you said. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers. Seriously? And every day they post a new picture of the 28-toed cat.
1: How many times can you look at a cat's 28 toes?
2: If you've ever been to Key West, you've probably been to Hemingway's house and seen the six-toed cats that he was... Proud of and have continued to breed over the years and still run around the
1: grounds I have not and I have not but I may it's yeah it's I mean I'm not sure I'd go to Key West just to see the cat. Oh I wouldn't do it just for that yeah. but while you're there you might as well and Hemingway was proud of them you say or something I don't know boy he'd have been wowed by this cat Oh you kidding he'd have written a whole book because his cat's had don't tell me 24 toes. The
2: sun also sets on this multi-toed cap.
1: <laughs> Volume 2.
2: Um, I ran into this the other day. So the IRS has retreated from its facial recognition software. Apparently enough people got upset about it. The agency's use of technology has drawn bipartisan concerns over privacy. I did this just the other day. Actually, it was on the state of California uh, tax website. Have you done this yet on any tax site? Mm-mm. You, it's it's really wild, and you have to hold the phone, your phone or your computer, just in a certain way, get an oval around your face. You need to turn different directions. Then you need to talk for a while so it gets you in motion, and uh, you need several tries with the right lighting so it can get a good look at your face and have it in the government database
1: of knowing your face from here on out. Our our accountant does that stuff. I got to ask him about that. Well, I could ask you about that. That's amazing. Huh. And so now
2: it's in the state, and if you did it for the IRS, obviously in the federal, some federal database has got the ability
1: to recognize your face on a camera if ah. they ever need to. Ah, now I get it. Signed, Xi Jinping. Um, so it's too repugnant for the country, but it's been adopted by California. still exists in California as of a week ago,
2: yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, it's Will it be misused? yes. Every tool every government has ever had ends up being misused. You don't think there'll be somebody at some level of power someday that needs to discredit some dude either because he's sleeping with his wife or um, the other dude is
1: sleeping with this guy's wife or Or he's running for governor or he's
2: running for office or something and you figure out a way to track him around or something with the facial
1: recognition. Of course it will. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. So, does the cat have seven toes on each foot, or does it have like five on two of the feet, then four, or like ten on each of the other ones? One toe
2: left? on each of three feet, and then twenty-five <laughs> toes on his right front. Well, that's foot. what I'm
1: asking, but I don't. I, know. Think,
2: I think they're spread evenly. Okay.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe Biden's latest idea is to pay black people to smoke more crack. With this new program, Joe Biden will finally close the crack gap. For too long in America, quality crack pipes have been the domain of rich white men like so much else. Here's the president's son, for example, smoking crack in bed at the Four Seasons. You'll notice the beautifully designed custom crack pipe, its cooling bowl nestled in the high thread count Egyptian cotton sheets. When Hunter Biden smokes crack, he does it in style. So what he's talking about, there is actually a a program through Health and Human Services to give out, like, nice crack pipes and such to the underprivileged so they don't cut themselves and get infections on their mouth.
2: That's not true. I was just looking at a fact checker. So it says here in early 2022 the Biden administration endeavored to advance racial equity by distributing crack pipes to drug users. False says the fact checker. Oh, do tell. And by the way, Tim Sanford retweeted this at the top of it it says it's mostly false because it's completely true. So here's <laughs> here's what the fact checker says about that claim that Joe Biden's administration is giving out crack pipes. What's true? In 2022, a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services substance abuse harm reduction grant did require recipients to provide safer smoking kits to existing drug users. In distributing grants, priority would be given to applicants serving historically underserved communities. Wait a second. Um, That's what I just said. That's what the claim is. (laughs) That's what people are claiming. Right. What's false? This is just one of around 20 components of a grant program, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, I, I, I really <laughs> i really only read this to you to point out that you got to read a whole fact check because oftentimes the fact check it, it, just reading oh i saw it they said it was a lie well they just claimed that claim was false wow. and then restated exactly what's being claimed
1: that's bizarre it is bizarre back to the crack pipe grants michael give us 71 but not everyone in this country is so fortunate Try to toast some rock in West Baltimore sometime. You may have to make the pipe yourself from tinfoil or a broken car antenna. Our inner cities are pipe deserts. Talk about the new Jim Crow. Bull Connor would be proud. Bull Connor didn't think black people deserved new crack pipes. Joe Biden's going to change that. Yeah, boy, what strange times we're living in. Well, in the whole, you know, the whole thing... Whether it's homeless policy, making it uh, now lawful, essentially, to to camp anywhere, poop anywhere, do drugs, sell drugs in the open, occupy the parks or whatever, or grants for, for better crack pipes or the rest of it. Is there any evidence that this is helping anybody?
2: I certainly don't see it. The homeless problem is getting worse with all these programs. The drug problem, which is the homeless problem, uh, it seems to be getting worse with handing out the, the, the various paraphernalia and not prosecuting. Mm-hmm. Where's your evidence that this is going to make anything any better? I don't know what anybody would point to.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, drug overdoses. Uh, we're going to play you some tape out of a uh, San Francisco or from a San Francisco drug addict. It's really quite interesting. And we'll do even more tomorrow. But um, in San Francisco, they've had far more people die of drug overdoses than COVID over the last couple of years. I mean, if it's not even close, people are dropping like flies. From, from drug overdoses. The same is true in Seattle and Portland and all your blue cities. And the idea that making it as easy as possible to continue to be a junkie is somehow kindness. I just don't get what you people are thinking. You've never dealt with anybody with a habit or anything like that. Anyway, I found this compelling. Uh, this young man, uh, it's a little interview about uh, doing drugs on the streets of San Francisco, 78.
2: How long have you been on the street? Seven years. Drug of choice: heroin. What percentage of people are still using heroin versus fentanyl? Oh man, five percent still use heroin. Maybe. What
1: about meth? Meth is just like a given. Mostly, you got to do something to counteract the downer, so people either do meth or crack. What does it cost per day? Between forty and eighty bucks. Okay. Um, to maintain.
2: What percentage of people on the street you say are from San Francisco originally?
1: Um, uh, from San Francisco originally, maybe, maybe ten. Probably more like six or seven. Percent? How much does it cost to to for your to
2: meet your habit? We're looking at sixty bucks a day. Has the price come down or just,
1: gone up? It's been like a race to the bottom in terms of pricing, to where a gram, used to, uh, even as little as two years ago, would have been two hundred dollars. Now it's down to fifteen or twenty. How do you make
2: your money? Petty crime. Like what kind of stuff? Boosting and getting in on cars.
1: How do you boost? You go in a store and put stuff in your bag and get out.
2: I like the way either. Wealthy liberals or the government class sits around and discusses what the plight is and what the solution is without ever asking the people who are actually in that situation... Because if you ask them, that guy is saying, no, you know, it's not because we all lived in San Francisco, and Google came in, and apartment prices shot up, and we couldn't afford to live here anymore, so we're out on the street. No, most of us aren't from here. We all came from somewhere else to do drugs because you make it easier.
1: Right. Exactly true. And there are plenty of aspects of the so-called war on drugs that I'm pretty uncomfortable with, but the idea that... You make it as easy as possible, and then through non-enforcement, make drugs as cheap as possible. And that will yield a better societal result is just, well, you see the results. So that guy's saying, you know, a tiny percentage of people
2: are from San Francisco. Guarantee you, wherever people are coming from that are on the streets of San Francisco, it was cheaper to live there. So it has nothing to do with the cost of living, which is almost the only angle that the government takes on it.
1: Yeah. Well, to your question about them uh, actually asking the people involved what to do, if you considered yourself as superior to the average man as a lot of our elite do, no, you wouldn't dip down into the gutter. They don't even you would know. just
2: pronounce it from on high. They don't even know what their own problems are. Right. Uh, so here's a guy who uh, got off the drugs and says that, uh, you know, handing all this stuff out and everything like that and not sending them to uh, uh, rehab and all that, that that's not going to work.
0: Tom Wolfe, who lived on the street, disagrees. How is anybody ever going to get help uh, if they're u- allowed to use fentanyl on the site? A former addict who finally got clean after being arrested, Wolfe says the only real solution is mandated drug treatment, which the city isn't doing. We've removed all accountability from the process in the hopes of being more compassionate, but what we're really doing is we're just allowing people to continue to harm themselves and die like joe
2: said where's your evidence that it works so you've got lots of people how many times have you heard over the years like on our show uh from former drug addicts that say getting arrested or being forced to do this or that is what allowed me to get cleaned up they don't believe i've never heard a single drug addict say you know what helped me get cleaned up was they started giving out free syringes or crack pipes, or they put me in an apartment where I could do drugs all day long without getting kicked out. I've never heard one person say right.
1: that, yet that's our current plan. It's so when they got arrested, or disowned, or divorced, or kicked out, or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's so strange to me, and if you're new to the show, or new to the conversation, or... You think we're some, you know, right-wing lunatics. Pull you yourself up by your bootstraps. Blah, 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 blah. We've been doing this a long time. We've been talking to a lot of people. I have never heard anybody say what you were talking about. Oh, yeah, the only reason I got clean is because they got me a new crack pipe. Or because they made it perfectly easy for me to do drugs. Or because the prices dropped. Or said I could live in this hotel room as long as I wanted. Uh, right. In fact, the idea of somebody saying that, is al- it's almost hilarious. It really is. Uh, you know, the slogan ought to be, we make it impossible to hit bottom. There will be no bottom in our compassionate city. I just... I don't get your thinking. It's something. Well, and, and, and you know, it'd be easy to dismiss... Um, you know, just stay out of the various spreading, junky streets, junky parks, junky parts of town if you can avoid it. And a lot of people can't. And, and you have our sympathy, absolutely. But the problem is, if you have a human soul you got to think, okay, in the absence of these policies or the reinstitution of more reasonable policies, people who are dying sad, sick, painful, pathetic deaths on the streets wouldn't be. It's not that the progressive policies just don't work. It's that they kill people. They kill people by the many thousands. They're insidious. It ought to be looked at, as some, looked at as some sort of genocide, and yet it's celebrated among the castles of the elite as compassion. Uh, again, I do not get you, people.
2: More policies that don't work. The cover of the New York Post today, so I'm just because this has been going on on the West Coast for a long time. Uh, the fact that it's happening on the East Coast is a uh, novel. So, cover in the New York Post today, they got a guy walking out of a Trader Joe's with a stack of steaks in his hands, and the, no. and what it says on the cover is nobody even tried to stop him, which yeah. we all know is true. Mm-hmm. And so, apparently, I just saw a New York Post headline that another shoplifter targeted Trader Joe's in New York and walked out with a bunch of stuff. Well, he probably saw the, probably saw the cover and thought, oh, cool, Trader Joe's, you can walk right out of there with stuff in it. They're talking about People that. want the beef. They're talking to, do you know which uh, clip is the Al Sharpton clip, Michael? They were talking about that on Morning Joe today. <laughs> And how everything's locked up everywhere you go. um, And how the mayor needs to deal with that.
1: Uh, you go to a local pharmacy, and you've got to get someone to help yeah. assist you. I mean, they, they have the little button there. Yep. You hit the buzzer, and the guy
0: comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. Yes. I mean, we're talking about basic stuff. <laughs> that's 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 uh, in fairness to Eric, he's only been mayor five yeah. weeks. But even as I'm fair to him, Eric, they're locking up my toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Very wow. plain talk from Al Sharpton of... They're locking up. I mean, this is what we've been saying. They're locking up the toothpaste. Uh, hello, we are a third world country. We are a third world country. We yep. got to change something.
1: Well, I, I, I resent. I want to rewind a little bit. I resent your claim that the second guy saw the first guy and got the message that you can steal. Are you trying to suggest that criminals and predators they keep track of the incentives and disincentives? To ply their trade and adjust their sales accordingly? Are you saying, for instance, that decriminalizing crime leads to more crime? How dare you, sir? How dare you? That's probably racist in some way. I'll think about it for a while and get back to you.
2: With all due respect to Mayor Adams, I realize it's only been five weeks, but they're locking up my toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We'll finish strong next.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty
2: show. COVID cases worldwide down 17% in a week. This thing is over. Dr. Fauci did an interview with the Financial Times today just it depressed me where he said I could see if things continue going the same direction that we may be able to loosen restrictions in the coming months.
0: Hail, hey, Fauci.
2: And then later in the interview, he said, in the coming months, I thought, how about like two months ago? Or or the fact that most of the country has no restrictions anyway, and they're fine.
1: They're fine. I'm more likely to ask Anthony Fauci for a tip on my golf swing or whether he thinks this ham is still good. Then what restrictions <laughs> I'm going to be under in in you know toward the end of the year? I don't give a flying rat's heiny what he thinks. Hey,
2: you're a doctor. The sell by date was February first. <laughs> look at this ham.
1: Does this look it's, okay to you?
2: I represent science. It's kind of shiny in a weird way. What do you think? I'm colorblind. Is that green or gray? Um, and then later in the interview with the Financial Times, he said, uh, "Likely this year they'll be able to re." Uh, Lesson restrictions. This year, it's the beginning of February. This year, likely this year. So not certainly this year. <laughs> oh, my God. And again, who do you think you're talking to? Did you see the NFC Championship game on Sunday? And that's a freaking California. There are right. 80,000 people in there with no mask. Who are you talking to? Do you actually
1: believe people are hanging on your statements and following your advice. Uh, for those who are frantically checking their smartphone... No, this is a live show. It's February 9th, 2022. <laughs> this is not a show from, uh, you know, I don't know, April of 2020. So, oh I know. God. and Because, you know, there are like 40 states around the union. And then parts of, of 15 more that are saying that would give us 55 states uh and quite a few states around the union just let's leave it there i was who saying to let that go <laughs> who are saying to fauci what are you even talking I know. about I know. there has not been a child in a mask in a school here for 15 months um and then uh so the woman that
2: runs the cdc what's her name doesn't matter
1: Uh, Rochelle Walensky
2: she was uh, she came out yesterday and said Uh, she came out yesterday and said she thinks it's too early to to lessen mask restrictions she said because cases are at a higher level now than during the Delta surge are you really you're a scientist you're a math person you're a stats person you got a PhD level education this you're really going to leave out the fact that we're testing multiple more people now than we ever were before it's got to be 10 20 30 times as much they test every kid weekly at my school. They didn't do that until for real. So the number, come on. That's a well, useless statistic,
1: and you know it. Well, and even if it weren't true, everything you've said, she just compared Omicron cases to Delta cases. Yeah. That's like comparing, I don't, I don't know, a cold to having Ebola. All right, that's a little extreme, but... Those are two very different diseases in terms of their outcomes. What are you, you
0: allegedly
1: are in the, the field of science. Go ahead, please. 23, Michael.
0: We still have about 290,000 cases a day and hospitalizations that are higher than they ever were in our Delta peak even. And so um, right now, I don't think is the moment to start relaxing those restrictions. L.A. County, half the
2: hospitalizations with COVID, not because of COVID. Right. Same in New York City, it was 45%. You know that. You know that. You're the CDC director.
1: No, but their default is, uh, we'll keep control so we're not blamed if something bad happens. That's it. That's the long and short. By the way, if Ebola spreads,
2: I'm wearing a mask in all 55 states.
1: I mean. <laughs> Me too. Gentlemen, this is Final Thoughts. Manifest with Armstrong and Getty I see you know your judo well <laughs> That was terrible <laughs> And yet very good <laughs> <laughs> Laugh out of me Here's your host Joe Getty Hey let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew To wrap things up for the day There he is our technical director in the control room Michelangelo Michael
0: Yeah that story about the cat with 28 toes Reminds me of my very first kitty cat And uh, she had six toes on each of paw It was great what, mm. what was what was the great part of it? Well, she could hold more stuff with her paw. I more mean, <laughs> oh, food oh. and stuff like that. Twenty really percent
1: cool. more, according to my <laughs> calculations. <laughs> Wow, uh, young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? On the contrary, one of my best friends has a cat with three legs and three toes on each of those legs. So, wow, uh, it's an odd conundrum to have. But they call him Champion because he survived. There you go. A real toe deficit there, Jack. A final thought for us? It's funny we we just went through that same sort of
2: percentages in the in the newsroom. So we got a coffee pot split between three of us. We ran out of coffee early today. I said, what gives? They said, we got another person drinking coffee. And there was a bit of an argument of, is that a 25% increase in coffee? Mm. No, it's a 33% increase in coffee drinkers from three to four. If you go from four to three, it's a 25%
1: reduction. These are very important things to know. Spin your head around. Just don't express a fraction as a multiple around me unless you want to get punched. (laughs) All right. Fair warning. Oh man! Final thought. I had one, but it's serious. There's been too much serious stuff already today. I happen to watch, uh, for odd reasons, a uh, uh, one of those montages of cable news people praising Michael Avenatti. Oh yeah, back in the day, and the the level of bootlicking and fanboyism and the rest of it was amazing. Just never forget that as you watch these morons tell you how to live your life.
2: And he was the kind of guy who stole from a broke porn star mom, single mom. Right. That's the kind of guy
1: he is. Oh, yeah. Utterly morally bankrupt and they just could not kiss his ass enough. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank, so little time. Please go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got a lot of great clicks for you under hot links. If you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Y'all are great for keeping your eyes and ears open. Just email it, mailbag, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
2: What did Putin call Zelensky, little darling? or
1: uh, My beauty. My beauty. Wow. It's your duty, my beauty. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and
0: Getty. Hear me plainly. I will not sugarcoat this. I expected more. The pathetic spectacle. You're locking up my toothpaste. <laughs> what in the hell heck are we talking about? The place is, destroy our fire jars, and now that Ukraine is being sexu- sexually raped.
1: So, let's go out with a bang. It's your duty, my beauty, to come around, cutie.
2: I doubt I, it. I want your sweet booty. I doubt it rhymed in Russian.
1: On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.